Welcome to the WIDA Connect podcast series, where we will explore all the hot topics affecting the equipment dealer industry. From industry news, government affairs, and manufacturer relations, to business best practices, technology, and marketing for equipment dealers, brought to you by the Western Equipment Dealers Association, here to advocate, elevate, and educate. And now, let's connect. This is Eric Wareham, Vice President of Government Affairs for WIDA, and welcome to another edition of Legislative Landscape. As we come into spring, most state legislatures are winding down and campaign season is heating up. In this episode, we'll talk about highlights from state legislative sessions, an update on federal legislation, and what the electoral landscape looks like as redistricting concludes. And of course, we'll cover the latest developments on right to repair legislation and our right to repair roundup. Heading into this legislative session, the vast majority of states had an unexpected tailwind. Because of the quick economic bounce back from COVID, combined with decreasing spending, 47 states had revenue collections that outperformed budget projections this year. When federal stimulus money was added into the equation, it gave legislators more discretionary revenue than they had seen in a long time. The question is, what did they decide to do with all that money? The typical refrain is that if you give a politician a dollar, they'll spend two. Interestingly, amidst all the trillions being spent at the federal level, there is still some fiscal sanity at the state level. In response to record revenue, 28 states enacted some form of tax decrease, whether that was a sales tax, personal income tax, corporate tax, or a combination of the three. Only 12 states enacted increases. Another surprise is that state rainy day funds are at an all-time high across the board, showing that many legislators still remember 2008 and that the good times did not last forever. The other major development in state legislatures this year was the allocation of federal funds. The American Rescue Plan Act, or ARPA, allocated $195 billion to states on a use-it-or-lose-it basis. The bulk of session in most states was consumed by how to use their portion of the ARPA funds. From infrastructure to revenue backfills for state pensions, the spending was across the board and a clear pattern did not emerge about how the money was spent. One area where every state made a significant investment was in rural broadband. Because of money from the infrastructure package, each state received a guaranteed $100 million for broadband. And most states had four to five times that amount, depending on population and need. Prior to this year, discussing rural broadband was a hackneyed topic that everyone knew would take a massive amount of money to solve. This year finally seemed like the time that legislators were taking action to expand rural broadband in a meaningful way. At the federal level, historic spending continues. When multiple trillions are spent, it's hard to keep track of what all the spending has gone towards. The $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill was only passed a few months ago, but is already nearly forgotten about. To recap, That bill increased baseline spending on infrastructure by $550 billion. With over $100 billion going to roads and bridges, $66 billion to railroads, and $65 billion on rural broadband initiatives, just to name a few of the larger buckets of spending. One of the interesting points about the bill was that much of the funding for the bill was dependent on Congress passing a budget 
with the additional spending included. On March 15th, the president signed the $1.5 trillion omnibus spending package that included provisions to fund large pieces of the infrastructure bill. That legislation also increased non-defense spending by 6.7% and defense spending by 5.6%, including $13 billion in aid for Ukraine. There was several billion in increased funding for agriculture-specific programs as well, including research, loan programs, inspection programs, and conservation programs. That was a lot of facts and figures to digest in a short amount of time, and because of the midterms election fast approaching, it's unlikely Congress will enact any other spending bills this year. Despite several efforts to revive the Build Back Better bill and an attempt to recast the $3.5 trillion in spending as somehow anti-inflationary, the BBB is dead. Looking ahead to whether Build Back Better and similar initiatives will come back in 2023, the outcome of the midterm elections will be decisive on that question. Redistricting is nearly complete, with 46 states that have adopted their final maps. There are still a few surprises left as Florida looks to substantially alter their congressional map in favor of Republicans. Regardless of how that map and the remaining state redistricting maps turn out, the consensus is that Republicans will be taking back control of the House. The outstanding question is by how much, and will Senate control go with a Republican House leadership takeover? Finally, we turn to our Right to Repair Roundup. From the get-go, we expected this year to be a tough fight against Right to Repair advocates. For starters, proponents of Right to Repair legislation hired lobbyists in several states to push their misleading message. However, we done manufacturers came prepared. Building on years of education efforts with legislators, We'd have presented new survey results showing how much dealers support customer self-repair. The indisputable evidence about what dealers do to support customer repair made proponents change their message. Prior to this year, it was common to hear right to repair advocates claim they couldn't get a manual or buy parts to fix their equipment. We have proved beyond a doubt the ridiculousness of those claims and legislators stopped buying it. Instead, proponents of legislation are pivoting to arguing more about software access Revealing what they truly want is the ability to modify equipment. Legislators are becoming wise to the fact that right to repair is a misnomer, and the legislation is seeking to create a problem where one does not exist. All that to say, right to repair legislation has yet to pass a chamber of origin once again after six years of trying. Some states have shot down the same bill several times, making it even more unlikely that it will have a chance at passing in the future. We continue to educate lawmakers about what dealers are doing to support customer repair and how the voices they are hearing from either a, are either a very small minority or aren't even involved in our industry. With only a few weeks left until signing die in a few remaining states, we can say with confidence that it has been another successful year for dealers in the state capitals. A big thank you to all the dealers who got engaged this legislative session and took the time to talk with their elected officials on numerous issues. WIDA represents the voice of the dealer, and it's your individual voices that have the most impact. For all those in drought country, I hope this spring brings the rain your way. And as always, if you have any questions about legislation or regulations affecting your business, please contact your association. This has been WIDA Connect. If you have a question, would like to suggest future topics, or just tell us what you think about the show, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us at westerneda.com and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to We to Connect on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Until next time.